episodes 15 through 22 did not give me the swoon like episodes 1 through 14 did. It's not as enjoyable to watch them now that they're back in scare quotes, China. I say scare quotes because this setting still looks like it's in Helsinki. It would not shock me if they shot the entire drama in Helsinki. Whatever the case is, whether they're actually in China for the Chinese portion of the show or they're still in the Netherlands, they have differentiated the vibe enough for me to feel disconnected from the main couple. The pros of this subsection of genre is that Coach Thong is coming out of his shell with Lean repatriating himself to the country and to the pro pool circuit. Thong is becoming a man who is showing a vulnerable side that is incredibly attractive to watch him filter through. Another pro is that despite the change in vibe, I still want to see Lean win. He was a well-written character and that good character is still following him into the second half of this drama. Cons. Yin Gao's childishness always haunted me. I always knew that the only reason that I was able to put up with it was because she was performing it in such a way that I could be as generous as I possibly could with my understanding about her having hesitation and apprehension with Lean. After all, when they were in Helsinki, they were actually, they seemed to have so much more freedom in expression in every way. They didn't have to duck, dodge, run, and hide from folks. And because of that, it was easy to allow her to redeem herself. In Helsinki, she was accomplishing so many adult-like things. She found a place for she and her brother to live. She disciplined herself to, despite her love for Lean, she still dedicated herself to practicing her sport. She did her thing as a young 21-year-old woman in a foreign land trying to make sure that she and her brother got on as best as they could. Now that she is in China, she, for one reason or another, cannot bring herself to be the woman that she so sincerely wants to be too lean. She wants to be his woman. She is his woman, nevertheless, she is not willing to claim him. And it would not be quite as tough a pill to swallow for a watcher like me if it wouldn't be so egregious if the roles were reversed. Because if he was hiding her from his mother and didn't want to effectuate any love when it was necessary or 
in a public setting or even naturally, I would be ready to walk to China. Another kind is Zhang Zhang or Lin Lin. If you're talking to Tong, Coach Tong, she's Zhang Zhang. If you're talking to Yin Gua, she's Lin Lin. Whatever the case is, she is Tong's XX ex-girlfriend because they are hot and cold with one another and where he is still very much into her and wanting to be with her she plays the cold like none other her cold is actually so cold that it makes me not want her to win not with him she has more of a biatch affect you know the biatch in the drama, the loathsome female character that you want to see not win. And because Coach Tung has what looks like a very affable side to his melting, as it were, I kind of don't want to see him melt with a female like her. I would rather see him melt, not necessarily with In Gua, but with a woman like In Gua, somebody who seems to be a lot more compatible with him. Another con is the side relationships. I already talked about Tung Tung or Lin Lin and Tung. I don't care about them being together. And it's not so much that I don't care about them being together. I don't mind them inferring it, but I don't need to see it happen. This is the Lin and Gua show. And just because there are 32 episodes does not mean that there needs to be other people, you know, thrust in front of us and forced down our throats so that we will like them too. I don't necessarily hate any characters in this drama, but the two that I care the most about are the two that I want the most. And in episodes 1 through 14, they just could not have done a better job of showing up for these two. Our main characters showed up in every scene and it was not overload and I'm not exhausted. Not by them. The Helsine soundtrack, you know, the swelling of the music to help to highlight a loving moment it is not working with these scare quote China scenes. It's almost like those heartfelt sonatas are misplaced. They're almost an afterthought or maybe they just have them down real low. So as you see Lean and Gua having their moments, it's almost like the moment is almost over and you realize, oh, they're playing that little song that used to work so well when they were in, you know, Helsin or Haitian or on Mount another con and the biggest con that i have with this drama thus far is lean's disproportionate repentance apart from his father-like relationship with shifu hun lean owes and i said hun but shifu huh he owes nobody else, especially if they waiting on an apology. For Gua's mother to give Lean the cold shoulder when he attempted to give her an honorific toast, 
that was wrong. What made it worse was that after he had left, she went on to recant sentiments that said that she would never forgive him for getting angry with a referee damn near 20 years ago. I abhor the fact that Lean thinks that he has got to have 100% love, let alone approval from everybody close to him and everyone who's important to Gua in order for him to feel good enough for her. I mean, he has already made a comeback by becoming the world champion in pool. And game after game after game has amassed him a million dollars worth of prize money. And even if In Ian or Lin Ian was broke, he is a good guy who would give the shirt off his back to a stranger if only they would ask for it. And for him, if he sees that you're in need, you usually never even have to ask. Lean does not deserve to have to grovel. Lean was a very interesting character. Apart from the apology tour he is on now. I don't not enjoy watching him on screen next to every scene he's in. He's I just have never had a cringe moment with him on screen yet. But my strong assessment is that he could have come back home and still had the honor he was after. And it could have been written without him having to be the only person on the entire show who had to amass such guilt over being an orphan whose only sin was doing the best that he could to survive in a world where he was alone. He didn't have anybody else. And for Lin Gua's mother, and I know she knows this because she's one of her associates. Shifu He is enough of an associate that he is in, that her contact information is in his little cute little senior citizen flip phone. So he can call her up and he can try to put a good word in. He even offered Lane to represent him as his parent, he and his wife, since he does not have parents. And it moved him. And the direction that some of this drama is going, and, you know, because I can foresee that they're going to put Lean on such this patriotic dirge that, you know, he's not only going to have to become the bestest ever, but he's going to have to do it in such a way that it's going to win everybody and all of that. And yet, I don't think that putting into perspective the fact that he has had absolutely nobody, nobody, the idea that 
those grown-ass people could not understand that as a child, 13 years old, when you smack dab in the middle of hormones, then you're an orphan, your brother has been adopted by a family. He never got adopted, though. Who knows if they'll, you know, cover that ground. But the idea that the family didn't think enough to take him to, this really bothers me, you guys, and it's in a fictional way because not that my feelings are fictional, but I do realize this is not a real drama, but a real story about based on real life events, I suppose. But with a character like Lean having discovered a love that he could have all his own, I don't read Ying Gao's rejections as, you know, the silly cat and mouse of any other C drama, you know, especially with this storyline. Every time she rejects kissing him in public or him being affectionate or him talking to her a little bit too long because people going to get the wrong idea. I ain't going to lie, guys, that hurts my feelings. Every time I used to, every time on previous episodes that I would see in or lean, um, you know, eating a chocolate bar instead of having a meal, sitting right next to somebody eating breakfast, but he's got a chocolate bar. That kind of stuff really hurt my feelings because I thought to myself, wow, how much do you have to love someone to be starving? And there's plenty of food for you, but you refuse to eat it to make sure that if that person wants to go back for seconds, thirds, fourths, they can do that. So in conclusion, one, I'm not looking forward to the remainder of the drama. I want to say I'm too invested to not finish, but that would not be true. They could do some dumb shit on here to make me drop this drama. But I will say, I am too invested in Lean E. Young's story to not watch him win. I don't really have any high hopes that things are going to pan out any better than they already have. Helsine was heaven for me. Do they have heaven over there in <laughs> Norway? Because... All of their towns begin with an H and for the last couple of weeks I have been in absolute heaven watching this drama. Despite my con my long con section, I am absolutely enamored by episodes 1 through 14. It's a little bit of a shame that I'm going to have to regard their trip to Halan Mountain as their happily ever after. Uh, I think that they bastardized and glossed over the whole pin in the, or needle in the compass significance. You guys, that to me is the most important thing that I was looking forward to because Lean was not playing any games when he said that he was directionless. I didn't see it as so much of him backpacking through, you know, Helan and or excuse me of Helsinki and you know being in the Netherlands and just being there I saw that as him saying on a an emotional level him being orphaned not having anyone must have made him feel that he was just in a tail spin and for me I saw that 
lean finally putting a compass in that needle was going to mean that he was healthier than he'd ever been emotionally, that he had chosen Gua, you know, to be the person that he wanted to share his life and his life experiences with. And I hoped that they had used that device as a symbol of great importance for Lean. I saw that more important than him becoming the pool professional of China. I mean, come on, guys. But I do understand that's a relevant um, area of sport for some, but it was that compass. And the more I uh, draw this episode to a close, I think I am starting to really see that, you know, them, the way that they chose to do that compass scene doesn't seem to indicate that they care as much about that story as I did. (laughs) And that's crazy because when you are writing a story, you have to care most. And I'm just not getting that now. Episodes 23 through 32 are what I have to finish up. And I am going to finish this watch along strong. Thank you for the reception of this watch along. You all have jumped all the way on top of it. And I am ever grateful that I selected a drama where there is genuine interest. I've told you on countless times that I try to steer away from trailers as much as I can. I did see the trailer for this because I just could not resist when Leo's face was up there. Um, But I try not to go and get too much, you know, BTS stuff and, you know, what, what are the internet streets talking about? Because I like for my experience to be derived from my own opinion and, and very little influence as much as possible. Um, So I hope that, you know, my decompression mode is helping you in whatever way it can to either gravitate toward this drama, know how to watch it, or to, you know, steer clear of it. So to make this nice and pretty with a shiny bow on top, how would I recommend a person to watch this drama? I am going to give it at least another episode so I can, you know, give this drama the you know, a conclusory review, but I would say that I don't think it's too tentative of a sentiment for me to say that if you're interested in this drama, because I can tell that there is distinct interest by the metrics on listenership on this drama, but, and I mean the metrics of listenership on my episodes on this podcast of this drama, but, um, I would say that if you are if you have found that you're swooning and you're anywhere between episodes 1 and 14 recalibrate after episode 14 take a little take a little break or something you know uh maybe even put another drama in the middle of episode 14 and episode 15 because it is a different drama from 15 on and you're not going to be swooning the way that you were it's going to be kind of business as usual which is what's going to make this drama a real sloth to get through so it's fine but 
just beware that if you want to watch this drama and swoon is your thing, you can peacefully stop at episode 14 because it doesn't get any better. They blew the compass and I just can't even believe it, but it's real. So we have to deal with that now, don't we? Thank you for listening to this episode of Idoc Sarang. I'm always happy to have you here to hash through these things with me and I will talk to you in the next drama. Correction, slog, not sloth. Not sure what I was thinking, but thanks a lot for listening again.